Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels good. It's Friday, close to summer. Going to have some fun on the show today. Got a lot to get to. Um, I have a piece of audio. You won't believe how dumb young people are. Holy mackerel. And I just remembered, I got this audio earlier. I don't think there's any cuss words, but I'm not quite positive. Okay, Okay, David, we want to start here. Uh, There's a Biden administration official talking about domestic oil production because as we know gas prices is one of the biggest stories and will continue to be for months absolutely yeah biden's policies have kneecapped domestic oil production uh because of environmental concerns right and instead they're looking to pad our supply by going to venezuela and saudi arabia and and the thing is what a lot of us have asked is 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 the oil that's produced in venezuela somehow not contributing to climate change, but ours is. It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's that's the thing, right, that we've talked about for a while. Yeah. That as long as it's produced somewhere else, see, America will have the clean air. Right. It'll just be dirty the rest of the world. Right. See? They really can't explain that. Now, Interior Secretary Deb Holland, who has led the charge on restricting oil and gas production here in the United States, uh, anytime you, you hear conversations about... Uh, pulling back on drilling on federal lands and whatever. That's her. Uh, okay, how did she get the job? We, do we have any idea? Uh, because she would be the first Native American female cabinet secretary. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I didn't yeah. even know this. Well, yeah. that's what Biden kept saying I, when I, he was hiring all these people. We were going to have the most well, diverse of all yeah. time. And she's, she's a green revolution nut. Um, now, she was asked by Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy, what's the environmental difference between oil produced in the U.S. versus oil produced in Venezuela? <laughs> That's a great question. Great question. Okay, yeah. Um, Senator, what I can say is that um, I think here in our country, we care deeply about workers. No, but that's not my question. My question is, what has the lowest emissions profile Using Louisiana, our American workers in the outer continental shelf off the Gulf, with American companies and American regulations, are Venezuelan standards and Venezuelan crude. Senator, I'm I'm not an economist or an engineer or a scientist. Holy mackerel! <laughs> but your job go again. is looking at oil, or part of your job is looking at oil production on American soil and in the Gulf of Mexico. That is part of her job. And, you know, the obvious answer is, if you're looking at the overall picture, obviously because of regulations here in the United States and safety standards and all of that, it is much more beneficial for us to be doing the drilling than what they got going on in Venezuela. Correct. I don't know what to say. Well, okay, we'll state the obvious that everybody's thinking, and we already know it to be true. If you find the best person for the job, hire them. Absolutely. Yeah, hire them. And don't care. 
about. I mean, interview male, whoever you want female, to interview and race, oh, that rock. Yeah. Wh- whatever. Okay. But my goodness, how many people in an administration can be that bad at their job? That's astounding, man. Well, we have a Supreme Court justice who can't tell us what a woman is. Right. True. Yeah. Yes. But don't don't bring that up because if you do, I know I know what I am. Racist. That's right. Those are the rules. You know, all this is turning now. You feel it. You feel the momentum of people being fed up, seeing through this, and not afraid to stand up and say it. Okay, it's not a racist country. We want everybody to do well, but there are standards. And some people are, you know, qualified for jobs, and some people aren't. And if you give that answer to that question, and you are the interior secretary, you can't do the job. Do you need any other part of an interview question answered no. with that? You can't do the job. No, I wouldn't hire her to be my interior decorator. <laughs> there you go. Man. Okay, David, you have uh, audio of the president? Uh, yeah, so it's oh, been no. some big news going on, right? Uh, you've got Sweden and Finland trying to join NATO now. There are some holdouts, namely Turkey being the holdout. Uh, but Joe Biden, he's like all on board. We'll see what other NATO members say. But this is an historic moment, says the president, tried to talk about the effort uh, to get Sweden and Finland into NATO as a means of countering Russian aggression. And here's what happened. Okay. NATO's purpose is to defend against aggression. That's its purpose, to defend. And let, make, let me make, let, 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 let no one make a mistake. Uh-oh. The, the meaning of this historic day. In the face of aggression, NATO has not grown weaker or more divided. It has grown stronger. Standing together today, we reject the bloody creed that might makes right. And we declare more, more powerful creed. All for one and one for all. Oh, buddy. <sighs> yes, Mr. Robbins? Well, this is hopeless. <laughs> is, I, I know. I just beat my head against the wall and think, that, you know, gee, you think it'll get better? Well, no, it's not going to get better. As far as his this mental, meandering, yeah. you know, slow-witted drawl. Have you heard different people that have been around the White House talking about, listen, uh, this guy. You can say well-intentioned, you could say not well-intentioned, been a swamp creature forever, whatever. But where he is right now, you can tell him something, and it seems like he'll understand what you're saying, but then it's gone. He he, he is senile. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Well, they got he a, can't do the job. They've got escape alarms now on every exit in the White House. Right. The ankle monitor will go off and... But I mean, this is brutal. It's it just really brutal. Is, it's just brutal, and you almost feel bad at some point. And then I say to myself, "I'm no. not like David. No, I don't feel bad. I'm not no, feeling bad for this guy. I, I, I don't feel bad for Joe Biden at all. Because listen, he's been an sob his entire career. He's been a liar his entire career. He's had he a is, lot of cover. Yeah, has had a ton of coverage, and that or cover, and actually had a big rehabilitation effort." Uh, come his way when he became the vice president of Barack Obama. I mean, before that point, a lot of, yeah, he, he was a shaker and mover in the Senate, but 
a lot of people on the national level didn't love Joe Biden. If they oh. knew who he was, they're like, okay, he's that guy, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until there was this cooked up bromance between him and Obama that he started being looked upon as sort of like, oh, kindly old Joe, he's a nice guy, I like him. The reality but that was is public, right? The, I mean, the, the the reality is that he is a bad person. He's always been a bad person. Now he's senile because his horrible human being of a wife wants more power for herself, so she's willing to put a dementia patient out there and put him through the rigors of being a president. By the way, I just want to say this before someone else does. How dare you make fun of a man with a stutter? Let make, let me make, let, let, let no one make a mistake. I can see that one being a stutter, okay? You know what? I'll, I'll accept that one. I'll accept it. Yeah. But where it goes after that, I won't. Well, no. And the thing is, you play any clip of that guy from, what, 19, say, in the 70s all through 2015? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of knuckleheaded stuff, but not like this. He just he can't find the words. together today, we reject the bloody creed that might makes right. Okay, moving on. The Republicans are going to take over in the fall. Don't you think he's going to get impeached? There's a number of different things to impeach him for. I suppose I, it's possible. See where this Hunter thing lands, too. Not only that, you got what's happening at the border. A crisis. Not doing his job. It's terrible. Now... I was not familiar with this YouTube channel or this YouTube star, Fleckus. Fleckus Talks. Yeah, I was reading up on him today. He's got a, a YouTube channel that kind of gained steam since like 2018 because he points out the absurdities of the left. Okay. Yeah. Pretty funny. He was kind of libs of TikTok without being libs of TikTok. Well, I just came across this and, wow, this is something. So he's got a correspondent in New York City to test the knowledge of just random people with some trivia questions. We're talking, like, how many eggs are in a dozen? How many years in a decade? Who's the vice president? How many eggs are in a dozen? dozen. That's my favorite. And so if I can paint the picture for you, if you haven't seen this, there's a young lady looks to be, I would say, right around 18. Mm -hmm. This is one of the people. Um, Young black guy. Uh... And then there's, uh, looks like someone graduating from maybe Indian descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, another female. Everybody looks normal. It's not like you took the, the people you would think look the dumbest. That's what I'm trying to get across. And he just starts asking the questions. Do you know and, when the U.S. was founded? Uh-huh. Take a guess. Around when? Probably like, I don't know. Like 1901? Yes. Very good. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's just young white girl. Nope. No idea. It was close around there, but I'll give it to you. Who fought in the Civil War? I don't know. Do you know how many continents there are? No. How many states make up the United States? How many states make? Dude. I know this. You know this. I, I do. That's crazy. I don't want to do this to the Say a number. Say a number. I don't know. No, you, you do me, know this. You, me, you, you do know this. Do you know who the president is right now? Joe Biden. Do you know who the vice president is right now? The black lady. <laughs> oh, jeez. So we can laugh, but there are other people with the takeaway. That's terrifying. 
Listen, it forces everybody listening to this thing, take care of yourself. You need to live a long life. Because <laughs> once these people are in charge, holy hell. I don't know if everybody had the same reaction. I'm also thinking, what do kids learn in school? Do they learn anything other than some sort of gender study yeah. or CRT? What are they yeah. learning for crying yeah. out loud? They can, they can, they know all 300 genders and sexual identities, but they can't tell you how many states there are in the country they live in. Yeah, we're not even a minute into that, by the way. It's like four minutes long. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, we'll sprinkle it in throughout the show. That's a lot of fun. Um, host on MSNBC said, hey, got an idea. Why don't we just let citizens take guns away from people? Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, ideas about guns. You knew this was going to be happening, but this is a different one. Uh, Yeah, MSNBC's Nicole Wallace has a bright idea. Uh, Empower individual citizens uh, to take guns away from people. What? To just just go in and and just go in and get their guns? Yeah. Oh, that'll work. She was talking to a former Obama administration official named uh, Richard Stengel and used Republican abortion laws, specifically referencing Texas, I think, which allows people to sue abortion providers, those who would facilitate an abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. And she said, well, 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 I don't know why the left doesn't try to pass laws like this about guns. Okay, before I even react, let's hear it. What about a vigilante law on the on the other side? I mean, obviously, if the Supreme Court has greenlit vigilanteism, why doesn't the left come out with laws about illegal guns? Vigilanteism. Yeah. Greenlit it, you say. Okay, in a sane world, you're fired for a take like that. You're terrible. How about all those people trying to intimidate the Supreme Court? All those right-wing nut jobs. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, that's that's a good question, and um, and when, and and when you're dealing with guns, you're really dealing. Eighty-five percent, eighty-five percent of Americans would like to see more gun safety. But what would that be? Okay. No, it, just, it just seems that the right gets away with things that are, you know, sixty-five percent of the country opposes, and eighty-five percent in the case of these statewide yeah. bans. Well, the thing I wouldn't want is people taking guns away from other people. But the idea of instituting a lawsuit against somebody guns. who has illegally right. sold guns, uh, things like that—that that seemed to me possible. <laughs> when you think it can't get any dumber, it does. this guy, you can <laughs> practically hear it in his voice, in the tone of his voice. This guy is telling himself over and over again in his head. His inner monologue is going, don't call her a dumbass. Don't call her a dumbass. Don't call her a dumbass. Because <laughs> yes. he's like, I, it may be possible, I, I guess. I'm a paid contributor. I want to keep the gig. Yeah. Okay, if I roast the host right here on the air, I'm probably not coming back. So <laughs> I got to try to live in this tension of sounding sane. <laughs> I love that, though. Like, why don't Democrats pass laws that make illegal guns, illegal guns, illegal? Right. (laughs) I would love to hear Dick there say, hey, how about 
if you're caught with an illegal gun, it's a minimum five years in jail. I'm sorry. I, I prefer undocumented firearm. <laughs> <laughs> and how do I know that? Do I order them to show me their guns? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hold on. What are you yeah. doing this weekend, Scott? Oh, I'm going yeah. to single-handedly take down some crack houses. They yeah, got just some guns in there. Ringing, on, ringing doorbells. Yeah. I'd like to take a look at your guns, please. Well, well, the thing is, is that if you're in the presence in most states, if you're in the presence of somebody committing a crime with a gun, you are legally able to disarm them. Yeah. That's already on the books, man, whether you call it stand your ground or if there's just basic self-defense laws, you can totally disarm them. Okay, I know this is this exercise is stupid to begin with, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to try to understand what she's getting at one more time. Taking guns away from other people, but the idea of, of maybe instituting guns, a lawsuit against somebody guns. who has illegally right. sold guns, uh, things like that, that seemed to me possible. Okay, so this weekend, Nicole, try that. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, citizens arrest. Right. You have an illegal gun. Give it over. Yeah. I hope you have a gun <laughs> if you're going to try to that. be doing that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you mentioned, David, that police are investigating a senior prank. Oh, now, There yeah. are senior pranks, and then there's just vandalism. Is this really a prank? Yeah. Uh, this is vandalism. This was at a high school in Texas that left the school t- uh, trashed in a big way. This is at New Braunfels High School. Cops were called late Wednesday night because a bunch of students were in the school, and the situation, according to the district, got out of hand with multiple groups of students roaming the campus and leaving behind a huge mess. What'd they do? Toilet papered the school, stole trophies, threw raw meat and eggs around, and put instant mashed potatoes down the drains. Oh, buddy. It just would have said there, pushing back on existential racism, this would have been fine. (laughs) Right, exactly. If you can put a cause to it, yeah. exactly. okay, then people could see the pain in your eyes no, you as you were walking out of there. you got to be smarter if you're going to tear stuff up. Yeah, yeah. you just got to change the angle right, of exactly. the protest yes. or prank, yes. as it were. Okay, very good. Um, boy, this was right on time, huh? Elon Musk, well, he's buying Twitter, yep. and then says for the first time this week, I'm going to vote Republican. Guess what? Facing a little Me Too accusation. Of course he is. Sexual assault. Paid out 250 grand. What's that story? We'll get to it much more. That. Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. It feels good to be here on Friday. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Ooh, news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, so there's this trial going on that has to do with how the Trump-Russia hoax got going. And right now, a guy named Michael Sussman is on trial for lying to the FBI about who he was working for when he was passing along information, disinformation about Donald Trump to the feds. He was, in fact, working with the Clinton campaign and laundering disinformation to the FBI to hurt Donald Trump while he was running for president. 
Uh, one part of this conspiracy theory is that Trump had some back channel to the Russians through Alpha Bank. That was totally made up. And as we learned yesterday, the FBI knew it was made up within a day. But they allowed this conspiracy theory to make its way around the media. Now, how did it get to the media? Interesting update today. Hillary's 20, Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign manager, Robbie Mook, is testifying and said, yeah, Hillary Clinton personally greenlit leaking the Alpha Ooh. Bank thing to the press. Ooh. So even though the campaign didn't think the info was true, they said, yeah, go ahead. Robbie Mook says, hey, you know, standard practice. We wanted the reporter to verify the information. That's it. We were doing our due diligence, even though we were paying piles of cash to <laughs> law firms and cutouts to get this information. Wow. Not surprised. And the thing is, is anyone on the left going to pay attention to this? Like legacy media, are people that were big Hillary fans, are they going to know about it? Oh, I'm no. guessing no. They're not going to talk about this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, after, after that revelation, we might wind up getting a guilty verdict at some point, perhaps a prosecution of other people. And if there are further indictments and convictions... Related to this, because it's Hillary Clinton being involved, you know what we're going to get. Mysterious deaths. A hung jury. (laughs) (laughs) She thinks that's funny. Couldn't stop laughing on that one. Meanwhile, uh uh-oh, Elon Musk facing a Me Too accusation. Yeah. For the timing of this one. Right on time, right? Yes. So we're learning now, Business Insider had the report, that SpaceX, Elon Musk's company, uh, paid a woman $250,000 to settle a sexual misconduct claim against him, stemming from an alleged incident several, uh, several years ago. The allegation is that uh, he's on a flight, one of the you know, on a corporate jet, and one of the flight attendants there, he says, hey, come give me an erotic massage. And I'm going to buy you That's a horse. That's what he says? Yeah, I'm going to buy you a horse if you do this. That's weird. Horse trading at its finest. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he said, yeah, get a full body massage. When she got to him, he was naked, and then he propositioned her uh, during the massage and offered to buy her a horse. Uh, nothing happened beyond that, but she was getting fewer <laughs> gigs as a result. So... You know, when you look at $250,000, that's probably just the company saying, that's nothing, we'll just make this go away. And it, Okay, I'm course, trying to understand, again, the accusation. So they're on a jet. Yeah. Okay. And from what I understand, she tells a friend um, that Elon Musk asked her to come to his room during the flight, quote, for a full body massage. Yeah. Right? They come to my room for a full body massage. And she goes. What well, is she a therapeutic massage therapist? Well the the report says that SpaceX actually has in house massage therapists as a perk, but the flight attendant was also encouraged by superiors to get professional training. Okay. So she goes to the room. Yeah. And the horrible thing that allegedly happened was that he has a towel over the bottom half of him, which he's naked, but he's got that part covered, and he's exposed on the top half. 
So do we get some rubbing going on on the top half? Because the story goes, then he exposed himself at right. some point and touched her leg. Something to that effect. But th- those details, you're just not quite sure. I mean, I don't know how this works. I think in a normal world, you're thinking, okay, some dude's like, hey, full body massage time. What do you think? Come to my room. Okay. I guess this will just be time to get to know the boss a little better. What do you think is going well, to happen? Well, did she hang around for two more years after that? That's yeah, she hung around, and then she yeah. felt like then, then she felt like she was getting fewer and fewer job offers or jobs within the company, and then they have you know the the mediation process before a lawsuit, and they just settled. They wrote her a check for two hundred fifty grand and said, "Okay, goodbye." Um, again, I, I don't know who's telling the truth in this situation. Elon Musk says there's a lot more to this story. He's kind of making jokes about it. Mm-hmm. Um. This is obviously a hit piece. Oh, yeah. It's well, like, the woman telling the story was not the victim. Right. She heard it from the victim. Got it. Yeah, which is even stranger. Elon Musk tweeted, The attacks against me should be viewed through a political lens. This is their standard despicable playbook. But nothing will deter me from fighting for a good future and your right to free speech. And then he also tweeted... Um, and this was for the first time back in March of 2021, said, if there's ever a scandal about me, please call it Elon Gate. And so he updated <laughs> that saying, finally, we get to use Elon Gate as scandal name. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the tweet after that, which is from like two hours ago, he says, super excited to be in Brazil for launch of Starlink for 19,000 unconnected schools in rural areas and environmental monitoring of Amazon. Which usually would be, oh, this guy's a hero of the left. No. But he's out of step now. Mm -hmm. So they're going after him. So when you first saw the story, other than, okay, the timing of this, did you have any other reaction? No, it's like, okay, yeah. He he says he's going to vote Republican, and a day later they're... They're saying he's. They're trying to accuse him of being right. a sexual predator. It, this in is my BS. mind, it was scandal coming in three, two, one. Yeah. He just knew it. Well, especially as the details are laid out. Honestly, I was like, I don't care. So what? Even if it's true, I don't care. I don't. Right. And I know you can almost guess the take from my reaction would be, so you don't care that a woman was traumatized by what happened in that situation? I don't know. Okay, I'll ask you the question, both of you guys. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's say you're working for some lady. You're not attracted to her at all. Like, it's, it's just one of those things you don't find her attractive. If anything, you find her kind of nasty. But she says, we're doing this full body massage, come to my room, and you do. And then she exposes herself mm-hmm. and says, hey, a little, come on, huh? Would you go through that for two hundred and fifty grand? Because I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it costs, right? Right. Well, I got a price. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be horrified by something, like the visual is going to stick with you for a while. Uh-huh. There's a price for that, but two hundred and fifty grand? Oh yeah, I'll take it. And, okay. and nothing has to happen. I just get to leave. Yeah, That's just like it? no. And then I tell a friend, "Oh my gosh, she exposed." Ugh. Oh, Ugh. hell yeah, I'd do that for two hundred and fifty grand. All right, All right. Oh, I've done something similar for a lot less. Yeah, you did it for free. <laughs> See, <laughs> moving knew. on. I knew it. Uh, convenience stores are shutting down left and right. Yeah. Why? Well, well because of crime. 
Philadelphia is one of several cities dealing with a massive crime problem. And like we saw with Walgreens and CVS and San Francisco, convenience stores in Philly are shutting down because it's just too dangerous to operate. Uh, Manzor Chugtai is the president of the Franchise Owners Association, and he did an interview with the local ABC affiliate. Here's what he had to say. We are closing left and right. Robbers coming in. Uh, they're just robbing the place. We about lost about uh, 15, 20 stores. 15 to 20 stores so in far. In the uh, city of Philadelphia. In the last year. Yes. Nobody wanted to take over the store. Nobody wanted to run the business in the city of Philadelphia. Too dangerous? Very dangerous. Go ahead, Scott. Don't hold back. Well, it's, it's crazy that we are living in a time when businesses... Massive amounts of businesses have to close because people are breaking the law and no one's there to stop them. No one will stop them. And if they do, they're right, they're back, right out. back out there again. I mean, this is insanity. It is. Poor guy. Gosh, dang. Oh, yeah, you got yes. this. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I know we got another clip to play. Uh, I'm I'm trying to hold back, man. It's infuriating. Well, it is infuriating. Yeah, I mean, Vincent Emanuel, he owns one convenience store that got knocked over a few times, and he says, look, right now it's not even about getting the register. You know, you get these, like, three or four dudes who walk in and hold the teller or the cashier at, at gunpoint and then just start taking merchandise off the shelves. Walking, boom, 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 like that. Now all of a sudden, all this time it was money. Now they're coming to merchandise. They're looking for cigarettes. It's a scary situation. Sooner or later, somebody's going to get really hurt out there. These are people, honestly, that are trying to destroy the country in a number of different ways all at the same time. When we have someone in charge that can take control we have to have, quote, prison reform. But it's reverse of what it's been talked about. No. The word has to be put out. Okay, we're not doing this anymore. Okay? And if you're found with an illegal gun, okay, if you want to take it from five years to three, fine. Automatic three years in jail. We're not putting up with you coming in just taking whatever you want from a convenience store. You will go to jail. This is insanity this is the way to destroy civilization i mean it is it's infuriating well um, you know there's no consequence to your bad behavior right the Why? bad behavior continues absolutely you know so yeah and you learn this stuff when you're a parent or when you're a child even and you're talking about small business owners there yeah oh and you know just and trying to make a living yes i mean yes. It, with the american dream to come here and have it shattered by morons on the left that don't want to do what's right. Nope. Okay, what's the story with NPR? Gosh, what? A snitch don't... hotline? Yeah, they what got a this? they got a snitch hotline for yeah. people who work in their offices who don't wear masks. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, nope. they're saying yeah, we're well, they put out this uh, notice uh, of their strict mask policy, saying we have asked on-site supervisors to remind staff of the masking requirement when needed. Um, they said yeah, if you notice somebody who's not wearing their mask, you say, hey, you forgot your mask. Uh, you know, you need to just ask them, try to be nice about it. But additionally, let your supervisor know so they can remind that person. And then you can also share an anonymous concern via the ethics point system. 
<laughs> and then they give the information. Ethics point system sounds something that is totally out of 1984. I know that that, yes. that comparison is trite, but come on, man. Well, I was starting to get angry again, and then I thought to myself, you know what? If you work for NPR, you deserve it. Well, yeah, I mean. And that's the next thing some leader has to do. We're not doing this anymore either. Paying for this crap? Yeah. We pay for that? Mm-hmm. They're hacks. If you, mm-hmm. if you don't wear a mask, you could get fired. <laughs> Communist public radio. There you go. Oh, my gosh, man. Uh, you know what? we got to save this story about NBA owners who have invested $10 billion in China. $10 billion. That's what you're wondering. Why won't the NBA ever talk about all the horrible things that happened in China? Well, there's a reason. Got to get to that. Charles Barkley uh, had a response to a heckler. David loves that story. I have not heard the audio yet. I heard about it. Can't wait to hear that. And then did a fake Costco tweet tank its stock price? Did you hear that story? I'll get through it all. Coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Very wise person once said to me, you can listen to what someone says all day long. All you got to do is watch their actions. It will tell you everything you need to know. That's true. No, that's not the first person to ever say that. But man, it's true. You know, the NBA talks a lot about caring for people and human dignity yeah. and the rights of all people. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, unless you're in China. That's a little different, man, because we got a lot of Benjamins tied to China, like $10 billion. Jeez. Saw this story at Daily Wire. Um, yeah, the NBA has been frequently criticized for doing business with China and refusing to speak against a myriad of issues plaguing China. I mean, we could go on and on and on with that. We have before. But they go down in this story to individual owners, like the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, who co-founded Chinese e-commerce firm Alibaba, has over 50% of his net worth tied to China. The owner of the Sacramento Kings, Paul Jacobs, has over 30% of his net worth linked to China. Wow. And it goes on and on. Grizzly's owner, Robert Para, an estimated $369 million of exposure to China through a wireless equipment manufacturer. And it goes on and on and on. But China's been known to take really good care of their slaves. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, then mentions Michael Jordan, a man you once showered with, Scott. That sounds weird in the I know it does. But yes, if you know ahead. the show, you know the story. Right, yeah. But you played a charity game with him once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, in 2020, Jordan and the Jordan brand pledged $100 million to the social justice movement in the United States. Um. Well, he has extensive Chinese business ties. Oh, yeah. He never speaks out against that. No. LeBron never speaks out against that. No. But, you know, the difference is LeBron speaks out about everything else. Jordan doesn't. You're still going to defend him, aren't you? Well, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying he does, but he's not one of those guys either. He no, just doesn't say anything. No, he doesn't say yeah. anything. Yes. So 
it just talks about the hypocrisy. And it's a lot from the left. And then you had a story on Charles Barkley, David. Yeah, I, I think this is incredible audio. So Charles Barkley was doing the NBA broadcast he does. You know, they just sort of give each other the business on the TV set. Oh, him and Shaq are great. Yeah, they were outside, though. One of the fans in the crowd behind the set was heckling him. He turns around and gives him this response. Okay. Did he just say, what? If you don't leave me alone, I'm going to come to your house and bleep your mama. (laughs) That's Chuck. I haven't heard anything quite like that since the old David Lee Roth. Exactly, I thought the same thing. Your girlfriend, pal. (laughs) Chuck and David Lee Roth tour 2022. I want to see that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. High gas prices, that'll be the story for months. Just know this, uh, it's not only Putin. Uh, there's there's gouging going on. Yeah. Not according to me or David or Scott, but according to who? Uh, Democrats and the Biden administration. So they're going back to the price gouging well when it oh, comes gosh. to record gas prices. The House has advanced a bill that would allow Biden to crack down on oil companies and gas stations price gouging even though that's not what's causing record gas prices. There's a bit of disinformation that goes out there because you see the headlines, oh, this oil company and that oil company posted record profits, right? Mm -hmm. Well, why would they do that? Or how would they accomplish such a feat? Part of it absolutely is because a lot of the world decided to shut down importing oil from Russia. You just sent every customer base towards Shell and BP, etc., Right. This isn't like, oh, we're just greedy and gouging people like Elizabeth Warren wants to go say there are basic economics at play here. So anyway, you know what, man? I'm sorry to go to this well again, but we're looking at four to six weeks. That would be the timetable if we wanted to increase oil production in the United States, if we just. Let it go. Let the pigeons loose. Let's go. we got to produce more oil. It would take four to six weeks, and we could see lower prices. Is that a true statement? Yeah, and it, it, it would involve working with partners in Canada as well. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of things that the Biden administration, under the whole Green Revolution nonsense, has just done away with. But that's an accurate timeline. Yeah. Like four to six weeks, and it yeah, would really influence prices. Yeah. Why don't we do it? Because they want you to buy an electric car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Simple as that. Now, okay. White House economist Brian Deese, he's the guy who said, you know, if you take out meat, poultry, and pork, grocery prices really aren't that bad. (laughs) If you take out the things that. that people eat, yeah, you're fine at the grocery store. Now, he was actually asked on CNBC, 
if there's any evidence that price gouging is going on in this situation. Okay, the evidence. Well, certainly the president has made very clear and has put all of our uh, regulators on, on on watch that when you see this type of market volatility, particularly in the energy sector, it's critical that we have the regulatory cops on the beat to make sure that nobody is taking advantage of consumers. I think the price increases that we've seen in energy markets, uh, we know why that is happening, and it's because uh, uh, Putin invaded Ukraine. <laughs> so, no, there's there no real go. evidence. No, Just, there isn't. Yeah. I mean, all the time you come back to the basics, right? Just try to find out what the truth is. Not someone else's truth, like the truth. And, I mean, you find out again and again. This administration, I mean, I understand they all lie to a degree. This is to a level I've never seen before. Well, and I'm not going to tell you I paid attention to politics all of my life, like in my 20s and early 30s, but over the last 15, 20 years never seen anything like this they've gone to this putin well already and it didn't work and they no. changed direction now they're going back to it because i guess they got nowhere else to go i guess it's the old the old thought if you just repeat it over and over and over some people will believe it at some point i don't know uh, oh there's also no surge at the border okay don't worry about that okay th- oh. because mayorkas has done a great job <laughs> right uh, he said so and he had said before when we look back at this he, as the leader of the Department of Homeland Security, has done a great job with the border. Yeah, well, wow. <laughs> How are you about the war on that? reality? Well, yeah. I, I will tell you, man, a lot of people who have come into this country illegally might agree with that statement. Man, you did a bang-up job. <laughs> yes, thank you for letting us in. And thanks for the phone, by the way. Love the phone. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the city and county of El Paso, Texas, are looking at declaring an emergency because of the border crisis that's about to get a lot worse as Title 42 is ending next week. Uh, They were going to do this yesterday, you know, declaring an emergency here, but they held off because they say it's not a huge difference in the level of funding they'd get to help with the problem. So if you declare a state of emergency, you know, you you would think you're in line for some extra federal dollars, and they have come to the conclusion that that's actually not the case. they talked to FEMA, and FEMA was like, oh, you're not going to get any more money because we're already giving you money for shelter. Politics, of course, are also at play. One county official told the New York Post that the optics of declaring an emergency wasn't worth the amount of money they'd get in return. So, yeah, we'd get some, but think about the message that would send to the rest of the country, right? The state of emergency, that might help our political opponents if we do that. Wow. I mean, it is an emergency. El Paso is out of situation. The border control, they can't do their jobs. Mm-hmm. They're playing babysitter most of the time. Or an Uber driver. You hear it all the time. Yeah. They can't do their job. They actually can't deport people. And, Gosh, dang. And the Border Patrol Processing Center and the nonprofit shelters in El Paso, they're, they're out of room. They just released 100 illegals earlier this week because they didn't have space. No, there's... You've seen in the different towns where they're putting up these, like, almost makeshift little cities of tents to take all the people coming in. It's overloaded. And you don't have legacy media paying attention to it to say, we got a disaster going on here. And then you get the Dorcas, Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, out there. This is what he said earlier this week. This was astounding to me. Of the personnel of the Department of Homeland Security to bear. It is very important to note that while, of course, we are preparing for the end of Title 42, 
based on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's decision right. that it will end on May 23rd. Uh -huh. That does not mean that the border is open beginning on May 23rd. And you're almost waiting for him to say, it's been open since Biden took office. But no, he doesn't say that. We continue to enforce the laws of this country. We continue to remove individuals who do not qualify for relief uh, under the laws of this country. Okay. Had enough? Hey, I heard Jill Biden tried to speak Spanish again. Is that no, true? No, did she really? Yeah, she did. Uh, she oh, did. That I is think, true? No. I think that's Dr. First Lady Jill Biden, horrible human being. Uh, she visited Ecuador and tried speaking Spanish again. Oh, no. <laughs> you want to hear it, don't you? You know you do. I do. Okay, roll it. And on behalf of my husband and the people of the United States, buenas tardes. <laughs> that's the, like, uh, <laughs> on behalf. That's a, that's a parody. On behalf of the president, myself, and, and America, good afternoon. Is what you just said. <laughs> like, what the hell? What is that? <laughs> but it's not the first time that happened. Remember last year, she tried to pander and say, si se puede, which means, yes, we can. Oh, yeah. So say it with me. Si se puede. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. Where's Cory Booker when you need him? Well, oh, I'll tell you goodness. that. Remember, there is an app. I found the commercial for it, right? It's oh, a language app okay. for, for politicians who want to yes. pander to Hispanics. Thanks. It's yes. called Broadway. <laughs> this is great. With just five minutes of practice a week, you'll be able to tackle all the issues we assume are essential to those people. Like immigration. Necesitamos incluir cada persona. Or immigration. Me llamo Julian Castro. Or immigration. Este presidente ha atacado los inmigrantes. So when you're ready to show you care about Hispanics, but don't care enough to learn Spanish, just remember. Available wherever you get your favorite apps. The only way is Broadway. <laughs> yes. He saved Broadway. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh dang it. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, if you're looking for the gaffes, it's it's Dr. Jill with a foreign language, and it's Joe with the American. English yeah. language. Let make let me make let, 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 let no one make a mistake. Oh jeez, just so brutal. We have just. Oh, yes, that was him talking about NATO, man. Yeah, NATO has not grown weaker or more divided. <laughs> no, it has grown stronger. Ooh, standing together today, we reject the bloody creed that might makes right, <laughs> and we declare more more powerful creed. <laughs> All for one and one for all. Yeah, got it? Mm. Okay. My goodness gracious, Wasn't man. Wasn't that what the Stooges used to say before they tackled the project? <laughs> Is that exactly all what it was? All for one and one for all. Hey, here we go. Yeah. All right. You know what we say? Broadway. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> so much more to get to. Um, the former DNC chair wants Fox News boycotted and the Murdoch family deported. And Netflix acts as Ibram X Candy's show. What? Get to it all. Come on. Right?
All right, then. The Barkley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, if I say the name Howard Dean. <laughs> okay, some people are like, Howard Dean. Oh, who's that guy? It sounds familiar. Um, he's the former Democratic National Committee chairman. He's the screamer guy. Yeah, he ran, ran for, for president, president once and yeah. was doing pretty well and then had that crazy speech. <laughs> that, that thing, whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of it, yeah. Like the White House! Yeah, he was mentioning all the states. That We're going to South get, Carolina right, yeah. and Oklahoma. Anyway. And he just kept getting more wound up as it went on. And y- then, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made an appearance on MSNBC's The Beat with Ari Melber, no jokes, and okay, okay. said, you know, basically, he wanted to take the Murdochs and have them deported. Dean said, uh, Fox News, I see the brand of Fox being hate, anger, dishonesty, and now murder. The murder? The Buffalo. Oh, please. Come on, man. That is the brand. That is the brand of the Murdochs have chosen to be their flagship communication. I agree with Biden. Murdoch has harmed this country more than any other human being in my lifetime. And he should never have been given citizenship. Holy cow. The one thing I would change about our immigration policy is to send Murdoch back to Australia and keep them there. The whole family. Yeah, that guy's got a lot of hate in his heart. Boy, no kidding. What a nut. Does he really believe it is my real question with that whole story. Really? Do you really believe that? I mean, are you that brainwashed? Like when you're just out seeking truth of stories of what's an effective way to run a country with what MSNBC or CNN has done over the last five years compared to Fox, do you really believe that nonsense? And maybe he does. I mean, he did sound crazy back then. Well, he is. Yeah, the whole get wound up. Arizona (laughs) and North Dakota and New Mexico and California and Texas and New York. And we go to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington (laughs) and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. (laughs) I mean, that's not edited. I mean, it's way better when you put it to song like they oh, did yeah. that Howard Dean rap. Oh, yeah. Are we almost, by law, have to play that every oh, time I we think yes, do? I think At so least some of it. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Go to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! <laughs> That's the part that gets you every time. Isn't it? <laughs> I know it's coming too. It's still, we have just a little bit more. Okay, sure. I feel like you're one of my kids right well, now, my, Dad. My favorite well, one. My favorite part is coming up. Oh, the Tom Harkin. Yeah. Well, picture here. It's one year ago. You know something? Tom Hawk, Tom Hawk.
There you go. <laughs> oh, my. Netflix has pulled the plug on Dr. Ibram X. Kendi show Anti-Racist Baby, along with several other proposed offerings that would present uh-huh, a nod to woke culture. What do you think of that? Well, they're hemorrhaging subscribers. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing something about it. I mean, they're like, okay, we can't do this anymore. We know what our audience is demanding. We're not giving it to them. We're losing people right and left here. we got to figure this out. we got to plug a hole in this. Yeah, Daily Wire had this story. Of yeah, the I mean, they don't have a choice. This is good news. Yeah. Letting the people choose. Yes. Wow, man. Maybe they learned something from, like, CNN Plus and some of this other garbage. You know, speaking you know? of Ibram X. Kendi, you know, he is certainly a race hustler. There's no doubt about it. I happened to hear on a podcast yesterday, it was a filmmaker, an economist. They were on with Megyn Kelly talking about a guy named Roland Friars, who is this brilliant black economist that basically got canceled from Harvard mm. because he wanted to seek truth in everything he did doing these studies. Like, okay, is there really something to police brutality with blacks? And did this whole study in Houston and found out, no, it's not true at all. And then, well, what about educating kids? That's something we got to do for, you know, kids in the inner city. Because Roland Friars grew up in poverty and, you know, was rising in the ranks. So the filmmaker on the documentary about Roland Friars talked about sort of the difference in philosophy between a Roland Friars and Ibram X. Kendi. Like bad schools, failing schools, taking kids from bad circumstances and just say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you've had it so bad. We shouldn't expect very much from you. And a place like the Harlem Children's Zone takes those exact same kids and says, uh, that's too bad. Uh, now let's teach you the Pythagorean theorem, right? Mm, the idea is yes. that even under those circumstances, you can still excel, right? You could still excel. That's what Roland Friars would say. They Absolutely, you can do it. And that's one of the essential elements of it. That cuts directly against um, some of the more famous um, black intellectuals in America right now, like Ibram X. Kendi, which say that if a, a standardized test is proving or showing achievement gaps, that means the test is necessarily white supremacist and institutionally racist and needs to be scrapped. That's one of the reasons he got canceled, because he was telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Always tell the truth. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, so far today, David, we'll do this about this part of the show. Most important story today, what do you think? Uh, I think one of them has to be the revelation that Hillary Clinton personally gave the go-ahead for the campaign to peddle disinformation about Trump being connected uh, connected to Russia. Yes. Then my next question is, that's a big story. Are people across the country going to know it's a big story? Will it get covered by legacy media? So many of these stories where your eyes just roll in the back of your head and they glaze over, you know? It's like it seems like they've been around forever. Yes, but, but I mean, now, now you, you start to know it. The dots. I know, I know. I, you I, know I it. What you're the saying. campaign manager said it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Did you hear this? A math error has led to a massive oil supply issue? Yeah. That and much more coming up.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Hey, we had a little whoopsie with some math, David? Yeah. Uh, apparently, one of the reasons we're seeing an oil supply issue here in the United States is because the Biden administration is not only hostile towards fossil fuels, but also sucks at math. Because hmm. a math error is delaying the federal offshore oil and gas program. Daily Wire had the report. Here's how it works. When a company wants to start the process of looking for oil, like they've identified a place they think oil might be, they got to do a lot of seismic tests and all this stuff, right? Well, they have to get the green light first from the National Marine Fisheries Service. Okay. That group tries to guess at what the impact of this exploration would be on wildlife. Now, apparently, the Fed sent out <laughs> notice to industry leaders back in April yeah, we were using faulty modeling, and we overestimated the impact, which has delayed a lot of drilling permits. Hmm. Modeling was put in place last April. Okay. Hey, man, sure, if you want to focus on the negative, uh, but I bet we have the first <laughs> non-binary... Uh, person of uh, genderhood or something that is running the department. So we got that going right. for us. Well, it's the first furry. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I didn't yes. know. I didn't know Beto. Very underrepresented was, portion of the population. Yes. I didn't know that Beto O'Rourke was working for the federal government in that capacity. Uh, I didn't either. But it's not him. It's a different furry. Okay. Just celebrate it. Okay, white guy, shut up and celebrate it. You anti-fur? Yes. Why are you anti-fur? I'm an anti-furite, yes. (laughs) Okay. Moving along, non-related story. Cori Bush in the news. Yeah. Now, she is claiming what? Uh, Schools aren't teaching about slavery, but they are teaching about replacement theory. So far-left representative Cori Bush uh, has weighed in on... Blaming Fox News and Tucker Carlson for the Buffalo white supremacist terrorist attack. And she tried Mm -hmm. to explain her position. No joke. She was on MSNBC. And the purpose of the interview was for Corey Bush, defund the police, Corey Bush. They were picking Mm -hmm. her brain on how she thinks Democrats can do a better job of winning. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking about how this idea of the great replacement theory, um, how that affects the people in St. Louis. I'm thinking about how that affects students that that are told that they cannot hear about they cannot learn about um, the uh, the transatlantic slave trade. They cannot hear about slavery. They cannot hear about um, Jim Crow in their schools, but they are supposed to be able to hear about this this uh, great replacement theory. Um, And so in the same way that she can't be serious. Uh, I think she is. I mean, this is the same woman who who claimed that white supremacists were shooting at her during the uh, riots in Ferguson a few years ago. Oh, that's right. right. I mean, that's completely <laughs> false. That's totally made up. There, I mean, listen, if white supremacists were shooting at rioters in Ferguson, we would have heard about it. I guarantee you we would have heard about it. Well, it time. doesn't matter if it really happened or not. She could have dreamt about it. It was traumatizing, right. and it's her truth. Right. White boy, accept it. She could have dreamt about it. It's still traumatized. Right. All right? 
All right, let's get back to her wisdom. Here we go. Um, and so in the same way that this has come against us, that hearing the truth, the truth about the history, what has happened to my ancestors in this country and the ancestors of so many others, if hearing that is a problem because it's actual truth. Yeah, this doesn't sustain. This is why there is a massive turn that's happening right now. People have seen through the game. Okay, they're calling BS all over the place. There is desperation right now on the left. That's what a lot of this is. Well, and the thing is, you know, they talk about working together and coming together and bringing us together. You can't come together with stuff like that. Well, no. You can't. There's no way. Well, and what do they mean by we need to come together? Meaning you need to believe everything we say exactly. and go by our rules exactly. or you need to do the work. And if you refuse, you're racist. racist. Well, there's no live and let live with that stuff. Well, no. There just isn't. No. It's the way it is. Um, you know, it reminds me that her talking about what's being taught in school. You know, this was astounding for a lot of people. This was like a man on the street bit. Um, and we played part of this earlier. And I was not familiar with the channel. You looked it up, Scott. Um, it's been around for a little while now. Yeah. Uh, Since like 2018, he's been doing these things. Yes. And so he sends out, like, one of his people. It's not actually the guy. And now I don't have the actual sheet that describes what he does in front of me. His name is, like, Flecka? Yeah. Going to be subscribing to that. But he sent out one of his guys to just talk to random people mm-hmm. and ask, I mean, really simple questions. And so we can laugh at this, and but some people are taking it as, my gosh, this is frightening. Well, the first are, time I heard it, I thought that, yeah. You're talking about a couple of females he talks to, just regular-looking 18- to 24-year-old women, Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of younger men right around the same age. They're clueless on a number of things. Uh, Just check this out. Who fought in the Civil War? In the Civil War? Wasn't it... What's his name? Kennedy? Kennedy? Yeah, Kennedy, I guess so. Oh, my Um, I don't... Do you know what the capital of the United States is? Um, no. <laughs> you getting more scared, David? Uh, no, not really, because I, I mean, I know a few younger people, and they're not this clueless. Well, that's good. So you want more is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. How many make up one dozen? How many make up one dozen? How many what? Like, how many eggs are in one dozen? Time. How long is one decade? <laughs> Dead. One decade. No idea. Do you know who the president was before Trump? Check this. No. Who's the uh, president of the United States? Biden. Who's the vice president? Uh, I do not know. Man, that, that one person didn't know the name of the first black president. Uh-uh. Wow. Could not remember who was Trump or who was president before Trump. It's that's really something. There's a little bit more if you want it. I mean, boy, howdy! It's a four-minute piece. I'm only two minutes in for for the whole show. I just played like forty seconds right there. I can play you a little bit more if you want. Sure. Okay. The current vice president. I know who it is, but I can't get his name. Do you know what three times his three name. times three is? <laughs> No, you know it. You know it. Is it I? No, no, no. Is it? No. You tell me. 
<laughs> Dude, you have me doing math and I'm second. Like, what country is Mount Rushmore in? Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Japan? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, well, Japan. You know. Finally, someone got one right. Yes. <laughs> the Japanese were so impressed with America. They really were. They decided yes. to just carve that mountain. That's right. Yeah. That is YouTube star Fleckas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, my His gosh. man-on-the-street correspondent, first name Justin, last name Awad. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Awad. Okay. Other news out there. Uh, you know, prices are going to get worse and worse. We're hearing that from many different economists. Well, do you shop? Have you been out? You know that. Yes. Listen, I, Things are incredible right now. They're incredible. Well, and we're not even scratching the surface oh, gosh, from no. what we understand. By no. the fall, it's really going to be bad. Yeah, right around election time. Uh, That's why we got to come up with some other kind of virus. Well, dude, there's no stopping what's going to happen in November. I can't see it. Well, I, I mean, I can't either. But what it, you just had the latest stat, David, and that is when you're talking about the Dow. Oh yeah. Yeah, unless there's a big turnaround today, we will have had the longest continuous skid losing streak since 1932. Depression yeah. era numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know that some people, and I've been saying this for a while now, <clears throat> excuse me, they, the, you know, they're saying, well, we're waiting for official data about, like, consecutive quarters of contraction and blah, 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 all that stuff. To, to determine whether or not we're in a recession. We're in one, right? The, those official numbers come way after the fact. But if you go grocery shopping, if you try to fill up the gas tank, if you're looking at your investments, if you started investing on day one of Joe Biden's presidency, you have officially lost money now. <laughs> we're, we're, we are in negative territory. We're losing yeah. ground on the stock market. Um, Every indicator shows we are in a recession, whether or not you want to technically acknowledge that or you think the technical numbers acknowledge that. We're in it, and it might get worse. Oh, I think it's going to get worse. I mean, I would still say I think we're going to get through this. Uh, You don't need a cheerleading speech from me. I can see it in your eyes, especially you, Robbins. No, I mean, we've been through... I've been through these before. Yeah. And this might be one of the worst ones of our lifetime. I think we will get through it. And I think, you know, people are going to vote with what they actually see and experience, not just what they hear about. Just like Um, looking for our next Ronald Reagan. Who's that going to be? That's going to lead us out of this nonsense. I, I, I just want one person, one person in national media who was panicking every day about Donald Trump, was spreading disinformation about Donald Trump, whether it was the Russia hoax, whether it, whether it was the conspiracy theory that Trump was stealing mailboxes to foil mail-in voting, all of that. I, I would love it for one of them to just come out and say, you know what, I got duped and I was wrong. I'm sorry. One. I, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. But one of the reasons I bring up this little story is that my goodness, when you look at what started the inflation, it was pumping the market full of cash. And people were spending cash all over. And with, you know, supply chain issues, not enough stuff. And you know what happens. The prices go through the roof. But there's no way, easy way out of this. This is just not. 
So at least as of right now, Americans are spending more than 300 bucks a month on impulse purchases. And you wonder, what's this going to be like six months from now? Are the numbers still going to be the same? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Most likely not, no. You know what it was in 2020? It's $183. 2021, 276 and now it's 314 They figured that out. Well... People got the money in their pocket. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it might be one big item. Um, it says for a lot of people, it's some kind of clothing. And then food, groceries, second, and then shoes, technology, books, takeout, toys, coffee, spa services, all of that stuff. And people are going to have to be cutting back come this fall when you're talking about gas prices and the food prices, what they're going to be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Much more to get to. Um, you know the disinformation board is done now, and it was undone by disinformation, <laughs> which is an all-timer, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, get to that and set you up for the big Friday Five today, too. Coming up right here. show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins the disinformation board david was undone people on the right golly okay it wasn't actually just people on the mic though or on the on the right i mean uh the biden administration is calling off the dogs when it comes to the ministry of truth because well there was backlash from both parties there was Nina Jankowitz is the lady who was supposed to run it. She was on CNN last night and said, hey, this board, again, which is supposed to actively combat whatever the government says is disinformation, in fact, succumbed to disinformation. Here you go. Unfortunately and ironically, we were undone exactly by a disinformation campaign coming from folks who apparently want to put our national security behind their own personal political ambition. No, it's about freedom of freedom of speech. And she knows that. I mean, she she does know that. And I'm sorry, but let's say that this disinformation governance board was absolutely necessary. Right. Let's for the sake of argument, let's say we need it. Wouldn't you think that the people tasked with running this would know how to counter a disinformation campaign against the, they themselves? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any so. sense. Right. It doesn't. And you know what? And I mean this sincerely. Um, and I, just to take off a political hat, is there one department currently in the Biden administration that you could say has done a decent job? I'm not saying great. I'm just saying decent job. No. No, I I can't think of one. There's not one. I mean, and I know it almost sounds crazy, and it sounds like, you know, I'm pounding on the desk or something, but are there any policies that have been brought to help the country instead of hurt it? I think the Department of Bowling and Archery are doing pretty well. Right. They? Yeah. Okay. Pretty, but I can't they're, be sure. They're a pretty chill group of guys and gals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you were no, planning on ways. No, it's everything. It is. You're right. To tank the country. I mean, I mean, there are things I guess you could do that would be more drastic than what we've seen. But this is the playbook for it. 
but we're going to get through it. I'm staying positive. Friday. I keep asking people, give me one measure of success. Yeah. One. Uh, gun sales have, have continued to be strong. And so That's true. They really didn't want that to happen, but yeah. Less mean tweets. Don't forget. Oh, God. So important. Yeah, I know. Never forget. Okay, we got to get you set up for the Friday Five. Um, oh, this was Robbins saying we should do this because um, what is Sunday? National Musical Instrument Day. What does that mean? I guess to celebrate the musical instruments you have in your life. Okay. And we can do that. We'll start celebrating right now. Let's do it. The greatest songs of all time with a musical instrument in the title. Oh, I see. Okay. That could include a lot of different things. Yeah, it can. You know, a guitar, a bass, a drum, a banjo. A, a, Harmonica. Yes. Flute. Yes. There's so many great songs with flute in the title. Guitar. So if you want, yes. Yes. So if you want to get in right now, the number is 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. How do we put this together? Well, it's the individual song. How big a hit or how iconic is it? You give that a score from 1 to 10, and then you give it a score of test of time. And we kind of argue that out a little bit. And then how much you personally like it, put it all together. And we have our list of the greatest songs of all time with a musical instrument in the title. And we'll kick it off next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Friday. That means it's time for our countdown. The Friday Five, and it always starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Everybody wants to get mellow. You can get the f out of here. All right. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, then. Friday 5 is when we take a little break from news. We might incorporate news. We might incorporate a holiday. And Scott Robbins alerted us that Sunday is International Musical Instrument Day. I think it's National Musical Instrument Day. All right. Yeah. I don't want to make it international. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's like the House of Pancakes. Got it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to celebrate, we're doing the (laughs) the greatest songs of all time with a musical instrument in the title. Okay? There are a lot of great ones. We're going to have some debates going on. And we always do our countdown by, okay, does it stand the test of time? How much do you personally like it? How big a hit or how iconic was the song? Put it all together, and then we have our list. The number is 210-619-2053. And just to say, it's Friday. We have a good attitude. There might be some technical issues here or there. That's not going to get in our way. We're going to have us a good time here. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. Who's Hang up on, first? Let me make sure the hamsters are spinning in their cage. <laughs> okay. Just, just right. project your voice. Uh, let's talk to Greg in Seattle. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? 
Great, Greg. Thanks for checking in. What you got? Hey, real quick. Did you guys know that somebody played President Biden in a movie 30 years ago? Did you guys know that? No, I did not. I did not. Have you ever seen the movie Hot Shots Part Deux? Lloyd Bridges plays an absent-minded, fumbling, bumbling president. <laughs> I love that movie, and I had never made that connection. I had neither until now. You have to play the clips for your viewers. Anyways, real quick, I'll get to the point here. My, my pick is While My Guitar Gently Weeps by the Beatles. Well played. Number yes. three. I know we've mentioned it before. One of our favorite versions was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction when Prince played it. That's it. George Harrison's kid was there. Tom Petty was there. He just shredded it. Now, that song was not a big hit, but you would call it iconic for sure. Yeah, that's an iconic song. And Test of Time, I put it pretty high. Yeah, it's it's gets played quite a bit. So there you go. Number three. Who's next? Uh let's talk to our pal Mary in Delaware. Hey Mary. Hi guys. Happy Friday again. Happy Friday. Thanks so much. Okay, so uh huh. So today I'm gonna to go with Mr. Tambourine Man by the birds, the birds. and Dylan. Hey, Mr. That was a big hit. Definitely a best timer. Yep. And I think you played it as a current right on the radio. That guys. would be a lie. Oh, was it just a couple of years I mean, ago? I'm old, but I'm not that old. Oh, got it. Got it. But I will say this band influenced a lot of other people later in life. Including your Tom favorite Petty artist. And yes. Tom Petty. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. You know, when you're playing that little Howard Dean interview, I was just waiting for him to talk about, you know, we need to put the Murdochs back on the plane. We need to send them to Australia forever. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. That would have uh, made nice the interview play. worth listening to if he would have oh, done yeah. that. Oh, yeah. yes. Agreed. Well, I'm going to go with the uh, legendary Billy Joel and Piano Man. Sing us the song, you're the piano man. Iconic song. song. Definitely a test of time. Yeah. yeah. And... You know, a lot of great songs do this. Paints a picture that you just have in your mind. You can see it as he's singing that song. Didn't make the top five, though, huh? You could argue if, if you know, you wanted to, you could argue that the song might have gotten hosed out of the top five. Robbins, I believe you were the only one who had him in the top five. I'm yeah, not speaking for Jamie, but I excluded him because I don't like elevating horrible people. So, <laughs> and for some reason, you got it out for Billy Joel. Well, you know. again, man, good people don't write songs like that. <laughs> oh my oh gosh, gosh man, that's a great man. song. That's a classic. No, I would say it's right up. I think it was in my top seven, but I'll defend my top five and how it scored higher when we get there. If you want me to, okay, it's up to you. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Max in Brownwood, Texas. Hey, Max. Max? Max. Where's Max? Yeah. Did we lose him? Dad. I think we lost him. Yeah, let's talk oh, to uh, Wes in Lynchburg, Virginia. Hey, Wes. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, y'all Yo, talking Wes. about a uh, 
Yeah, what's up? Go right ahead, buddy. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, man, my my bad. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, government agency that's doing well. I'm pretty sure the Ministry of Silly Walks is still hanging in there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, Python. Yes. So, okay, man. How about bang the drum from Todd Rundgren? Yeah. Now, not a big hit. Nope. Not Sometimes huge. you'll say just not a big hit, but you didn't care about that. Big test of timer, and I love it. Okay. What would you put that for test of time, David? Being generous, maybe a seven. Okay. Yeah, th- that was the song that was, depending on where you were at in the country, was big or not. It was sort of regional. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and there's yeah. 2,000 DJs across the country who are going to play that at 5 o'clock today. Or at least part of it. Yeah, that'd be fresh. That'd be a fresh Well, bit. nobody's ever done it. I <laughs> oh mean, you know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Breaking boundaries. Yeah, uh, right. Let's talk to Craig in Roanoke, Virginia. Yay, boys, you guys are great. I just wanted to throw my two cents in for Dueling Banjos by Ned Beatty, which is the theme song <laughs> that Biden was playing when he invited Putin to the schoolhouse steps. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. You did not have this in your top five, Scott. No. I mean, would you say this is iconic? Yeah. Is it a test of timer? People know it. Yeah, they know it, but, I, you know, maybe they know it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, if you... If, if you are referring to somebody who lives in the backwoods or something, and you go, now everybody knows what that means. Sure. I don't hate it. I just wasn't in my top five. That's okay. Yeah. That's why we do this, to have yeah. a little fun. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was great as a kid. You know, you do see the Ned Beatty scene, and it scares you for a while, but then you get over it, and you learn to enjoy that song again. It scares you for a while. <laughs> You can get over these things. That's a lifetime fear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to John in uh, Bedford County, Virginia. Greetings, Governor! (laughs) John, thanks for checking in. Just earlier in the week, you talked about weird doctor charges. I I heard that Jen Jen received a doctor bill for skin-to-skin contact to have her lips removed from President Magoo's arse. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked because she made it to Chicago, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, she's now tested positive for monkeypox. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh dang it. Go on, John. In his own words, President Magoo said he's got a solution for inflation. It's, it's for no one to take another necessary asshole or not not. <laughs> well played, buddy. Yeah, good one. And what do you got today? It's uh, songs with musical instruments in the title. Yes, yeah, what happens what Elon Musk's nickname for Jen Jen is Squeezebox. Number four. I had this in my five. Am I the only one? No, I had. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had it. 
I love I mean, the song, and that's a, that's a test of timer for the Who. Yes. You don't like it, Scott? No, never liked it. Really? Just like it's a fun song? Yeah, it's all right. It's just a silly novelty song to me. Okay. Todd right. Rundgren. That's that's iconic. Hang on the drum all day. That's, yeah, that's a that's, masterpiece. Yeah, I, I like that one much but better. these silly little songs. I got no time. <laughs> Says Mr. Robbins. Well, the whole double entendre. Okay, fine. Pete. What Thank do you, you mean? What do you mean double entendre? What are you Mama's saying? Mama's got a squeeze box. Daddy never sleeps at night. It goes in well, and out and she's, in and out and in and out. Well, no, okay. it's because she's she's playing her squeeze box, right? And it's well, very know, loud and I it know, keeps him up. Uh, hence the reference of double entendre. But are you saying that you wish it rocked a little more, that sort of thing? I wish it was more of a Who song, yes. Oh, I was going to say, if you want it to rock a little more, you could do, like, 80s hairstyle with Roxy Blue. <laughs> you like that better? No. No? <laughs> you sure? Why are you shaking your head? I think <laughs> your insides are rocking right now. <laughs> Every hair farmer in the world that covered anything, you haven't. I don't know why you hate fun. I really don't understand why you hate when you're against it. You you want it against the wall. Who was that again? Who was that? Roxy Blue. Roxy Blue. Yes. All right. It's the Friday Five. It's the greatest songs of all time with a musical instrument in the title. The number is 210-619-2053, and we'll wrap it up next. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got a news update within the next oh, 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, and then the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. First, we got to wrap up our Friday Five, the countdown we do every Friday in celebration of, you say what, Scott, National Musical Instrument Day? Yeah. On Sunday? Yeah. So it's the greatest songs of all time with a musical instrument in the title. Now we got number three, Beatles, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Number four, The Who. Squeeze box. And then we have dueling banjos at number five. Still looking for number one and number two. And back to it, David. Uh, let's start off with Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Tell me again where I can sign up for that highly sought-after job of confiscating undocumented firearms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. You want to go get some guns? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, for those uh, that didn't hear it, we should revisit that story within the next 15 should, minutes. Yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah. We will. How about Dwight Yoakam, Guitars and Cadillacs? Man. I did country radio for a couple years. That was a long time ago, my very first started. And that was out around the same time as Steve Rural Guitar Town. Which also, uh, if anybody was calling for that, sorry, blew it. That was an honorable mention, too. But love those songs. See, I, you put me in a box is only liking a certain uh, style of music. I like a lot of different styles of music. Dwight Yoakam and metal. <laughs> and Steve Earle. End of list. Yeah, okay. S- shut okay. Up. All right, who's next? We got Johnny in Salina. Hey, Johnny. Oh, happy Friday, brothers. <laughs> happy Friday, Johnny. Yeah. All right. 
Hey, guys, you know, I'm kind of upset uh, that they're getting Netflix's dropping the Hillary Carr Ramrod show. I figured it's probably going to be a pretty good, like, buddy cop kind of deal. I love Super Troopers, so I don't even understand it. But I got something they could replace it with. I call it, I just kind of dreamed up a pilot. I've been drawing out some, some, some sheets. You know, I don't know what they call it. I'm not in the biz. But, you know, it's, a, it's called Joey and the Baby. And... The baby's a telepathic, you know, because Joe's been talking about that baby formula making it come into creation. I don't know what he's talking about. I can't understand <laughs> the guy. But anyway, he communicates with the baby, but the baby can't talk, so he's got to communicate by smell, so Joe knows what he's talking about by sniffing the baby, man. It's great. It's going to be fantastic. I know it's going to make money. But anyway. Joey, and that explains why Joe Biden speaks like a toddler sometimes. I love yeah. that. Song. I know we don't have time, but it's it's really cool. I still think the sound, and then you see Trevor Hoffman coming out of the bullpen. That's a good walk-in song for release. Oh, it's sure. great, because yeah, you heard the really death knell sound. Here he yes, comes. Yes, that's pretty cool. All right, we're still looking for number one. Who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Mick in Saginaw, Michigan. Hey, Mick. Yes, yes. Hey, Hi, Mick. Hello. Go right ahead, buddy. Hey, happy Friday, guys. Uh was listening to Joe Biden talk the other night, and in the middle of his speech, he let out a what up, and I thought maybe uh, Vince Neal got a hold of his teleprompter. <laughs> 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 what up? <laughs> uh, how about uh, Bang a Gong by T-Rex? Number oh, one. Great with you. <laughs> that is a touch of time. Yeah, I mean, and big hit, and I think everybody likes that song. First 45 I ever owned. Are you kidding me? Yep, Banger Gong from T-Rex. Really? Yep. Wow. I All these years I've known you, I did not know that. Yeah. On the piano player on that song, by the way? Yes. Elton John. Did not know that either. Mm, there you go. And now on with the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> the story behind the song. Okay, so T-Rex, ACDC, The Beatles, The Who, and Dueling Banjos from Eric Weisberg and Steve Mandel. That's your five. Then we had great honorable mentions, too. Um, and some we didn't even have time for. Bruce Hornsby, Mandolin Rain, was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, John Denver, John Mellencamp, Johnny Cash, Pearl Jam, Neil Young, uh, Rascal Flatts, Van Halen, Little Guitars, Little a lot guitars. of great stuff. So thank you for playing along. Always makes it fun. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, again, the big story of the day you think is Hillary Clinton. Uh, yeah, I do. I think it's you've got her 2016 presidential campaign manager, Robbie Mook, today in court saying, yeah, Hillary Clinton greenlit passing along disinformation about Donald Trump and the connection to Russia. She greenlit 
passing along that disinformation to a reporter. Okay, I can't wait to see who actually covers the story. And I don't know if you've seen this uh, new poll out as far as the president with Hispanics. The support is cut in half. Isn't that something? Wow. Cut in half. Holy smokes. And we have the Scott Robbins trifecta top three stories of the day. All coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp's the millennial. Scott Robbins, the sexy boomer. Just mentioned this. This was Quinnipiac. Joe Biden has lost half of his support with Hispanics since last year. Turns out Hispanics like jobs and economic prosperity. Yes, and you could also say some of the social positions that the Biden administration has taken is not aligning with the values of many Hispanics. You know, I saw this, too. It was really stunning, talking about the approval rating of Joe Biden. The rating in the Associated Press poll one year ago today, Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, positive 63%. It's 39% in one year. Yes. Good Lord. Well, again, when you're really saying, what is better? I mean, or what has the administration done well? Well, nothing. I mean, no nothing. one said that. Who said that? I did. Americans. Yeah, overwhelmingly Americans. And it's not like there's anybody that's in the administration that's like this rising star that people are looking toward, whether it's Mayorkas from the Department of Homeland Security, uh, the White House press secretaries, especially the new one. I mean, the statement from the Department of Interior earlier, that was astounding, David. That yeah. might be quote of the week. Yeah, Deb Holland, uh, she's led the charge on restricting oil and gas production here in the United States, uh, was asked about us doing that here domestically, but then going hat in hand, talking to people in Venezuela and Saudi Arabia about using some of their oil. So how does that make sense? So the, the question from Senator Bill Cassidy was, what... What's the environmental difference between oil produced here in the U.S. versus oil produced in Venezuela? Because we could get it going here four to six weeks. And it's actually, if you're worried about carbon footprints, the production here in the United States because of safety and environmental regulations is way cleaner. Yes. Well documented. Um, Senator, what I can say is that... um I think here in our country, we care deeply about workers. No, but that's not my question. My question is, what has the lowest emissions profile using Louisiana or American workers in the outer continental shelf off the Gulf with American companies and American regulations or Venezuelan standards and Venezuelan crude? Senator, I'm, I'm not an economist or an engineer or a scientist. I mean, it's your job. It's astounding. Golly. I mean, this is like the people that go to Vegas 
and lie to other people about what they do for a living. And they're getting questioned more and more. And finally, they understand this person really doesn't do this for a living, except in D.C. they do. Yeah. They really have the job. Wow. Wow. And then, as it was brought up a few minutes ago, on MSNBC, great idea to take illegal guns away from people. The great idea. Knock on their door and just walk into their house <laughs> yeah. and take them. Yeah, th- yes. this is MSNBC's Nicole Wallace. Uh, she was talking to a former Obama administration official named Richard Stengel and talked about Republican abortion laws. And I guess she was referring to Texas, which allows people to sue uh, abortion providers, those who facilitate abortions after a heartbeat is detected. Uh, and she used that as a jumping off point to talk about guns, guns, guns. Here we go. What about a vigilante law on the on the other side? I mean, obviously, if the Supreme Court has greenlit vigilanteism, why doesn't the left come out with laws about illegal guns? The Supreme Court has greenlit vigilanteism. Mm-hmm. You don't really believe that, no. Nicole. Not even you can be that. Anyway. Well, that's that's a good question. And um, and when and, and when you're dealing with guns, you're really dealing. Eighty five percent, eighty five percent of Americans would like to see more gun safety. But what would that be? No, it, just, it just seems that the right gets away with things that are, you know, 65 percent of the country opposes and 85 percent in the case of these statewide yeah. bans. Well, the thing I wouldn't want is people taking guns away from other people. But the idea of, of but instituting guns, a lawsuit against somebody guns. who has illegally right. sold guns, uh, things like that, that seemed to me possible. <laughs> it gets me every time, though, this guy going like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about or exactly. suggesting, but you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to not lose my gig at MSNBC by just saying, okay, well, maybe you could sue somebody who was providing illegal guns, which you can already do in this country. Man, we all would have had more respect for Dick there if he just would have said, how are we going to do that, Nicole? you going to knock on right. doors? You heard somebody had a ghost gun? Hey, I want to search. I want the ghost gun. Right. I want to make sure it's not one. Let me see him. You're going to see somebody like open carry and just say, hey, can I see a license? Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Right now. Yeah. My goodness, man. You first, Nicole. Remember you when first. they all said they were going to get out of their bubble? Yeah. Jeez. Well, Are you kidding me? I don't think it happened. All right. Robin, you ready? Let's go. Well, let's do this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins Top 3. Helped by his top 40 and white hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Casey, buddy. Yes. I'm ready. Always. Three. Mm-hmm. Number three, an NBC journalist pushes back against critics who accuse them of ignoring Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. Uh, Tom Winter, NBC News, tweets out, analysis of Hunter Biden's hard drive shows his firm took in about $11 million from 2013 to 2018, including from foreign-backed sources. And he spent it very fast. Our story. The tweet went on. And for those who will inevitably accuse us of ignoring the story prior to the election, that's just not true. It's just not true. It seems that last October this guy wrote an article all about why NBC News couldn't be bothered to cover the Hunter Biden email story. Technically, covering didn't cover it. See what I mean? He covered it. 
Right, by saying we're not going to talk We're not going to cover yeah. it, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. So now he's like, hey, we covered it. Stop yelling at me. Yeah, you covered it by lying. Yeah, that's the defense against the charge. That NBC didn't cover the laptop. Explaining why NBC wouldn't cover the laptop is still covering the laptop story. Got it? I think I have it. We live in an upside-down world, man. Well, I love the montage, too, that Van Camp put together at the time. Yeah, it's a good one. Russian disinformation, the laptop, you know that. Well, of course. Yeah, of course it is, yes. These unverified emails are part of that bigger Russian disinformation effort. An ongoing Russian disinformation effort. A Russian intelligence operation. Clearly discredited material. Connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort. And what I think Vladimir Putin wants is he wants polarization. And you have the President of the United States cooperating in that. Unbelievable. Scott Robbins, Stripe well, you know, it's top a story three stories now. of the day, yeah. uh-huh. every day at this time. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Two. Uh, a university says the word woman is medically inaccurate. That's what? right. University of Arkansas has been a major change. The school's Pat Walker Health Center operated a campus women's clinic, but recently those in charge hankered for something they said is a little less limiting. From the registered health information, they said the name change is important as the Pat Walker Health Center affirms diversity and aims to create a welcoming environment for all patients. How about affirming science? So, (laughs) Shut up. How about affirming facts? Yes, they changed the name, as they say, to representation matters, they said, so therefore it will not no longer have the name woman attached to it. School spokesman said, in an email that he was that it was not necessary per se, but the clinic just felt that GYN better aligned with medical terminology regarding the services, and the word "woman" didn't. So they've changed you know, it now. Sometimes oh it's funny God. for me to watch Van yes. Camp's reaction to a story. Well, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're we're going to just basically talk about women's parts instead of. Just saying, hey, by the way, the vast majority yes. of you who are women are women who are yes. walking around as women. That's we're, right. We're just going to to whittle down your entire existence into uh, what just basically the fact that you have a vagina. What are we going to do? If you don't, did you just say whittle down? Yeah, I think you yes. did. Nice. Thank you. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else to that? Well, no. I'm the only thing I'd like to add is, uh, what are we going to do with the now when the atheists start pushing back about St. Francis and St. Mary's and Lutheran General and Methodist and all that? Well, they're unloving. Take the, we have to take the religious names off of it. it all this needs to end. I mean, it, people just need to stand up and say, no. No, we're not doing it. There's men and there's women. Done. Sorry. I agree. All right. Scott Robbins, Trifecta. I think we're ready. And finally, top three stories of the day and one. What is it? Uh, Biden's Department of Energy is investing billions of dollars into technology that does what trees do. Right, three point five billion on machines. <laughs> I can't make this up. The federal government is investing in machines that suck giant amounts of carbon dioxide out of the air, in the hopes of reducing damage from climate change. The federal government is going to do this. The Department of Energy said it Thursday it will release three point five billion dollars to groups developing what they call air capture and other technologies that remove carbon dioxide from the air which is released into the atmosphere causing global warming 
Again, let's go look at the price tag. $3.5 billion to do the same thing that planting trees would do. <laughs> well, and this technology isn't even finalized, it sounds like. You're going. No. It's money to go to research, to develop machines that would be effective enough. Right. They're hoping this works. Right. By the way, they don't know for sure. $3.5 billion. But they're investing this money to develop something that basically just sucks all day long. That, that's yes. what it sounds like. Honestly, yes. that's that's pretty appropriate for this administration in general. That's true. And Kamala Harris in particular. I knew there was a joke in there somewhere. I could sense it. I could just Now my question it. is what's gonna power these things? Well oh, hopes and batteries dreams. that we get from China. <laughs> Good intentions. <I'm> I don't know, but it'll it'll give us a good case of the feels. We'll, well feel good about right, it. Right? There's no chance for a grift if you if you plant trees either. My goodness! No man. one's looking out for big tree. <laughs> and that is your. Target. And there you have it. Thank you, Casey. What about uh, if you What about if you fall inside this thing? What happens to you? Well, don't it's like a terrible scene in Fargo. I think it'd probably <laughs> be pretty easy to not fall in one of those. I thought of a number of different things. That one I did not think of, Scott. Thank you for that. All I ever think about is being trapped, falling into something and being trapped. Nimrods of the News and a news update next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I don't know if you heard this news or not. Uh, I guess you would call this technology news. I don't know. You tell me what you think. Lead researcher at Google's company, DeepMind, claims they're very close to achieving, quote, human-level artificial intelligence. No. Stop. Stop. What are you doing? I, that was my reaction. Right. They're not going to stop. No, of course not. Well, they're very confident they can make the world a better place. No, that's what every bad guy in every <laughs> sci-fi movie that's ever existed says. And in real life, Dr. Fauci's like, it would be very valuable for us to study bat viruses <laughs> in China. Right. And look where it's gotten us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There was another story out this week. This is in Washington State. And I'm just going to say this. Uh, David, you got a couple of little kids. One that's still considered to be a baby. Yeah. Smart pacifier? No. For ba- for babies? No. no. Get away from Not my interested. kid. What? Okay. The smart pacifier. A group at Washington State is working on it. Why? To track things like electrolytes and to tell if they're dehydrated. You know what's fascinating? What? Mother's breasts actually already do that. Yeah. Well, but not everyone can breastfeed, you know. Mm -hmm. True. That's true. I mean, I'm not fighting for them. What would Buddha Edge do with his kid? He'd have to have one of these. It would also mean premature infants would, you know, they would not have to have their blood drawn twice a day if you had the smart pacifier. 
See, all this stuff is scaring people now. Where it used to be, hey, this could be really good. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the downside? Where does that information go? Right. Well, yeah, that's... Remember that when, when Facebook was getting involved in hospital systems? Yes. Could we just want to streamline the information stream, right? Not going to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, when you see a study that's out like this week, oh, if kids watch TV, um, it's good for them. It'll make them smarter mm-hmm. playing video games. Okay, who funds it? you got to right. go through a bunch of red tape just to figure out who funds it. Brought to you by Nintendo. Right, the video game industry. By the way, did you see Nintendo was in the news this week? Really? No. What for? Uh-uh. I didn't see that either. Saudi Arabia bought a part of Nintendo. Mm. You see, there were a Man, lot of people that had that reaction. That's, just mm. having that part, I, I don't quote me on it, I think it was around 5%. It wasn't like a majority. But I think they would be one of the top five investors in Nintendo. And it turned off a lot of people because yeah. of the human rights violations. All right. Wow. What? No, you just, get, it's okay. No, we're going to get through it. It's all right. Just, You're looking like doomsday or something. Just, we're fine. I, do. I just look over my shoulder every 10 minutes. <laughs> all right. Nimrod's in the news. Okay. Let's go. When the going gets tough. Damn it. This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. I'll kick it off for our friends in Rochester, Minnesota. 53-year-old woman there. You probably know this story. She's using a bullhorn to yell at people from her car. She was, you know, yelling stuff about religion. She said later, I was just trying to spread the word of God. She's been doing it for at least five days. Um, Nine people had lodged noise complaints. Then a cop saw her doing it again while running a red light. She took off. They tried to pull her over. They didn't catch her at that point, but then another cop saw her at another intersection 45 minutes later. Through the bullhorn, she yelled, look, I'm getting pulled over. Then she tried to outrun that cop, too, but didn't get far because she failed to notice an active construction zone up ahead. Crashed through some barricades. Finally stopped after driving straight into a bunch of wet cement. And now she's caught. That's Nimrod's.